Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place, and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I am currently carving a path out for myself, and it's scary, but I enjoyed this journey so much more than where, I don't even know where the destination is, and I'm fine with that. So getting over a goal and putting a goal away and just enjoying the journey every moment and every day I get to do something that I love in some kind of creative capacity has been amazing. So I kind of just have to get over yourself. Jacqueline Butler is a former teacher turned globally ranked top 0.1% Etsy seller who tripled her teaching salary and is now a multiple six-figure business owner helping others follow in her footsteps. This is Bucketless Careers, the podcast, episode 132. Good to have you back, returning listeners, and welcome if you're new to the show. I'm Crystal Laurie. We know professional purpose is not all about the dollar signs, but monetizing what lights you up. In this case, financial freedom has made Jacqueline happier than she's ever been in her life, she says, retired from teaching after 13 years. We'll dig into her online business strategies and lessons learned while unpacking why Jacqueline believes everyone's financial freedom is much closer than they think. All right, let's listen. Jacqueline Butler, thanks so much for taking the time to join me here on the podcast. Welcome to Bucketless Careers. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. We finally did it. You did reach out to me and say you were a fan of the podcast, which I appreciate, of course. We had a couple stops and starts to get here, but I know it's going to be a great episode. You have so much to share about your transitions and what you're doing now in terms of selling digital products so successfully on Etsy. And we want to learn about how you got there because you were originally a PE teacher for, I think, 13 years. So let's dial it back and have you unpack your journey. Absolutely. So starting from the beginning, 
when I became a teacher originally, I thought right out of high school, I think, I, I don't think it's fair to ask an 18 year old what they want to do for the rest of their life, you know, True. <laughs> to be completely honest. I agree with you. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I was an athlete. And so I thought, oh, I'm going to go and I'm going to be a gym teacher because that sounds like fun. And when I got into it, I realized right away that it wasn't what I wanted to do, but I didn't have another option. I didn't know anything other than education or the education system or teaching. So I just kind of went through the motions and always knew that I wasn't meant for it, but I didn't have anything else. So as I went through my teaching career, there was always this entrepreneurial spirit about me that I didn't know how to tap into. Nobody in my family, none of my friends started their own business. So it wasn't something that I could easily ask about or get information on. No, that's fair. I think that if you don't have a parent who's done it or a family member or a very close friend, you don't have that sort of leg up out of the gate. And maybe it just wasn't in your mindset yet. It wasn't. And I didn't know where to start. It was just like a huge mountain that I I would rather just go around and avoid and stay the path of pension and benefits and, and security. So I did dabble here and there in things like MLMs and freelancing and creating physical products and craft shows and all the things. Like I did all the things because I knew that there was that itch I wanted scratched with entrepreneurship. So I did that for a really long time until I got pregnant with my boys and our finances started to go down. My husband loses his job. We move in with my parents and I'm at this crossroads of, okay, now I'm at a job at this point. The novelty of being a new teacher has wore off. I really don't love what I do at all. Shout out to all teachers because you have the hardest job in the world. Right. I was just going to say, it's never a criticism of the industry that you're pivoting from. No, it's not just at all. getting to a place of self-awareness where you know, this isn't right for me. At what point was that? How old were the kids? And is this a couple of years ago? Yeah. So it was, I guess I'd always known I wasn't, and I never want to say I was meant for more than teaching because like I said, I think teachers have one of the hardest jobs. I think that I was just meant for different and I didn't know what that was. I knew that I had to do something for some extra income while I was pregnant. We were in this financial turmoil and living with my parents because that was just had to be done. It was really the past couple of years kind of over COVID when We went into virtual teaching, so I was home, and I was at my computer, and I had a little bit of background selling physical products on Etsy, so I kind of had an understanding as to how Etsy worked, and I started creating digital products because we were in this world of virtual teaching. I was already creating things. I was like, what if I could just sell this? And I started my digital product business in June of 2020. And I only made like a couple sales my first month, but it was a mindset of instead of saying to myself like, oh, I just made a couple sales. This isn't working. I looked at those couple sales and I'm like, oh my God, I just made a couple sales. Like I can do this. You were encouraged. And can I just stop you and ask you about digital products? Because it's sort of a broad term. What specifically were you selling? It's like PDF files. Uh, So thinking about like worksheets that can be used in classrooms. Teachers Pay Teachers is another place where people sell these kinds of digital files. They were worksheets, they were planners, trackers, all of these different 
very low ticket items where the price it was bet- like $3 between 3 and $5 but what it did was it fulfilled a need for somebody who didn't want to create it and it was as simple i created a bucket list for christmas movies <laughs> and i was just having coffee with somebody a customer of mine who bought it and said yeah it was just cuz i didn't want to make that and i would rather pay $3 to get that made. And those add up. Well, I was just going to say there's so much potential for volume there when you're at that low price point. And of course, you coming out of the teaching profession, you saw some sort of a need, some sort of a white space there, and were able to transfer that knowledge. Transferable skills is a big theme on this show. How do I go from what I used to do to something that I really want to do? And in your case, something that allows me the freedom financially and personally to live my best life professionally. And you did it. Yeah, I did. And what's so cool about digital products that I didn't realize in the beginning until I started making sales, that those files I made once and they sell over and over again. Oh, good point. So products that I made three years ago are still selling today. And I'm like, I did all the work up front by creating that. The problem with selling physical products or selling services that I had, whether that was consulting or one-on-one coaching, my issue with that was that there was a ceiling because you can only do as much as you have time to create or to serve or to give. And by creating a business where it runs on autopilot for you, where that product is done And it can sell. Like I wake up in the morning to notifications on my phone of how many sales I made while I was sleeping. And I don't have to do anything to fulfill them. Oh, that is so key. And so building something like this over two years to six figures sounds impressive. You are coaching, as you've said. And in my introduction to this episode, I I said to the listeners, we're going to ask her point blank for some strategies. I know that it probably takes a lot more, like some coaching time with you to really get it down. But would you mind sharing some of that in terms of building your current business to that level in less than two years? Yes, absolutely. Number one thing is don't give up. It's all about mindset. (laughs) So that is... Trite but true. Yes, like that's number one, but I won't leave you with just that one. (laughs) But really, my number one thing is the most important part of how the the trajectory of your business will be what you decide to sell. That's it. So it doesn't matter. Really, uh, the, the other stuff, it just helps out. But what you decide to sell is the most important thing. When it comes to digital products, if you are going into creating a digital product that sells for something like, let's say, wedding invitations, that is super saturated And so if you are just creating generic wedding invitations, I'm almost positive that is just going to get lost in the mix. You're not going to really make all that much sales from just a standard wedding invitation. The way that you create a product that goes from something that is nice to have to something that they need to have is by positioning yourself in a different way than other people who are out there selling. So creating your own unique twist on that in-demand product creates a market that doesn't exist and where you can stand out. Sure, just less competition. Less competition. So you're creating your own market. But 
the product that you decide to sell is the most important thing. And it takes a strategy and it takes research and proper product and keyword research to really round it out. There's more to it, but that's the most important thing. How did you come up with the idea? As you said, did you do a lot of research? You say that's required, but did you get lucky? What was your pivotal moment or aha moment? And we also use that too. Yeah. My aha moment was I was looking at uh, seasonal products at this Mm -hmm. point. So I was like, oh, what can I make seasonally? And then I made like little seasonal products here and there. And and I, I was in my first season and it was like summer. So then I started hitting up into Halloween and I'm like, oh my gosh, people are actually like going crazy over these products that I'm making. And then I was like, well, I'm going to make it for Thanksgiving and I'm going to make it for Christmas and I'm going to make things that are evergreen. So I created as many items as I can. And it did take a really long time. I have been in this business now for three years. I have over 1,100 items in my shop. But another little golden nugget I would like to tell your listeners is if you're selling to everybody, you're selling to no one. You can have two options of a kind of shop that you do. And I'm going to use an example of invitations again. So you can either do a shop about invitations, digital invitations, because the world is moving digitally. Weddings are now sent over a text message or over a website or over an email. That's kind of the new wave of the way that things are happening. And those printed ones are kind of fading out a little bit. So catching that wave now of getting in on digital products is a really smart business move. So you have two choices that make the most sense. You either, your shop has all invitations and you do every kind of invitation and all different niches within that one product. So you're only selling one product. You do birthday invitations, bridal shower invitations, wedding invitations, graduation, all of that, but it's strictly invitations. Or you stick to one event or one theme like birthday and you do birthday everything and everything in your shop is related to birthday. When you have a cohesive aligned theme in your Etsy shop and in your business, that's what's really going to allow you to kind of blow up in sales because you're incredibly focused and you know your target audience. And so when you're doing all the things. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Somebody comes to your shop and is confused and it doesn't align and they don't get it. So really, that would be my biggest, what another one of my little golden nuggets of like, how to move forward in this business. And you said to me in prep that social media paid advertising is not necessarily so relevant in terms of first steps and getting started, because I think a lot of people are concerned about how am I going to get noticed? How am I going to stand out? For sure. It was something that when I was going into figuring out what kind of business or side business at this point that I wanted to do, being on social media... (laughs) didn't align with my values. And that was 
just something personally for me. I'm naturally more introverted. I don't want to take videos of myself or spend hours glued to the phone trying to find trending audios. I just didn't want to do it. Can I just say you're a very good, comfortable speaker for someone who's an introvert? (laughs) But maybe the one-on-one is better for you. I get it. So you're not necessarily going to be a TEDx speaker, you're telling me. 100%. Right. But knowing yourself is half the battle. Well, <laughs> exactly. yeah, who knows? Who knows, knows as you get more comfortable? So that was something where I had started out on, I made a social media for my Etsy account. And what I realized was nobody cared about what I was posting on social media. Not only that, but when I posted something, it was gone in an hour, like in the algorithm, it was gone. And what I started to realize is that If you were going to go and find a wedding invitation or a budget planner or a financial tracker or a fitness tracker, are you going on Facebook and Instagram to find that product? Probably not. (laughs) Probably not. And so where are you going? You're going to Google or you're going to Pinterest or you're going to other spaces to find that product. So when I realized that I was just spinning my wheels on social media and that I didn't actually have to waste my time on it, the last post that I had was in April 2021. There were three likes. It was my husband, my mom, and my best friend. So the fact that I scaled my business to six figures without posting on social media and I didn't pay a penny in ads was huge. Yeah, take a bow. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. So I know that's hard to wrap around because everyone's saying social media. It's, it's not true. I so often get questions from people about who are you paying your social media manager? How does it work? How much do you spend per month? And to be frank, in terms of podcast visibility, Facebook is an abyss. LinkedIn is probably more aligned. And for me, my community is on Instagram for whatever reason. But I think that you're right. Don't necessarily spread yourself too thin on all these social media platforms right out of the gate. Maybe choose one perhaps in the beginning and go a little slowly in terms of your expenditures if you need them at all. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it all depends on like, where is your target audience? So if you're selling a service or a podcast or now when I was able to resign from my teaching job this summer, which was just so incredible that I can do this full time. And I decided to pivot into coaching other women how to do what I did. That's when I had to reevaluate my values and say, I know that now this world that I'm entering into, I have to be on social media and I have to put myself out there because my target audience is there. And so- That was like a shift for me that I'm still working on getting comfortable with. But I know that my backbone Etsy digital product platform that I don't need social media for. So I can always fall back on that. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how things have shifted now with social media. But for what I did on Etsy, I don't need it. Interesting. And I didn't realize that you had a bit of overlap, which is fantastic. I had a a recent coach who I really love. Her name is Dara Asman. Talk about trying something on as a career before you commit to it. See if it's successful for you before you jump ship. And especially with something that's online that you could be doing while you were still teaching. And now it has reached the level where you can go full throttle. So congrats to that. Yeah, thank you. Talk to me about your biggest obstacles that you feel you've overcome to be where you are now and how you did it specifically. 
I think my biggest obstacle was fear. And that is like multi-pronged because I was in a job that not only did I not love, but I also felt super stuck in and that I didn't have a choice, that I was the one that was bringing the benefits. There was a pension, there was security. I was off the same time as my kids and, and people who are in specific industries don't understand this online world of online business. They don't get it. So they can't believe, well, why would you leave this security? And then that would be instilled in me, that fear of like, yeah, you're right. I can't do that. This is silly. Who do I think I am? I can't actually go and do this. Yeah. Your fear was made worse by the external voices. Absolutely. So how did you get through that? How did you navigate past it? It's funny because this last school year that I taught, the decision was kind of made for me in the sense that it got so toxic. And who knows if I made it toxic in my head, which like anxiety. We all all have those moments. Yeah. Yeah. You can work against yourself sometimes with those voices. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And that was something that like, it got so toxic in my head and I knew I had an out and it was almost as if like, I didn't give myself a choice and I felt as though something was driving me, pushing me out because it was like, okay, can you get your like sign that you're supposed to be leaving? Like, this is your sign. This is your sign. (laughs) I finally just said, yeah, I think I'm done. And I went to my husband and I said, I need to resign. And he goes, finally, you've been back and forth about it for the past two years. And I was just like, why didn't I say this a while ago? (laughs) Why did I have to do all the stress and anxiety on myself? But I think that another fear was stepping into the unknown. I am currently carving a path out for myself and it's scary, but I enjoyed this journey so much more than where I don't even know where the destination is. And I'm fine with that. So getting over a goal and putting a goal away and just enjoying the journey every moment and every day I get to do something that I love in some kind of creative capacity has been amazing. So you kind of just have to get over yourself. (laughs) I love that. So you are working with clients in addition to being an online business owner. So tell us a little bit about that if people are interested in getting in contact with you and also where we can find out more about you, your, your Etsy shop. Give us all the information on finding out more. Yeah. So what I am currently doing now is I've pivoted into this coaching role of teaching other women how to sell. And I think that the difference between me and other people who are teaching is that I actually, in this entire process of me doing my Etsy digital product business, I became a top 0.1% Etsy seller that was globally ranked. And there are over 5 million Etsy sellers. And like, so I know what I'm doing works. And so when I'm out there looking at what other people are saying, I'm like, oh, this is wrong. (laughs) This is not correct. And I knew that I had this and I'm a teacher at heart. So I knew there was a purpose that was more than just creating digital products online. I was meant to teach other people how to do it. Yeah. It aligns with everything that you're doing. Yeah. And my background and my history. And even though I was a gym teacher and not an art teacher, so if that's anything, you don't need to be a graphic designer to be successful in creating digital products. 
But I do have a course that is actually launching in two weeks. So maybe by the time this airs, that will be live. Oh, but great it's timing. My, yeah. yeah, it's my first course. It's called Etsy Profits Pro. If by the time you're listening, this is open, go check it out. But otherwise, I do have a free resource of just a five-step starter guide that is a really good in-depth overview of the steps that it took me that I took to get started on creating digital products. So grab that from me. I also, now I hang out on Instagram. (laughs) The introvert is there. I'm there. (laughs) And so that's the best place to get that particular free guide you were talking about just to DM you. Yeah, it's actually in the link of my bio. So you can just go say hi to me if you want to and grab that free resource. So I have that there for them. And maybe give me a little bit of love and give me a little bit of confidence on social media. You know what? It is fine to ask for that. Like every episode at the end, rate my episode, review, share it with a friend. Why not? Because it helps us grow organically. And there is no shame in asking. So Etsy Profits Pro, everyone go check that out. And oh, just give us your handle on Instagram before we go. Sure. It's JacquelineButler.co, spelled J-A-C-Q-U-E-L-I-N-E, Butler.co. So come hang out, say hi to me, grab that free resource. Yeah, I'd love to hear from you and talk about any questions you have about digital products, because that's one thing that I could probably TED talk about. (laughs) Yeah. And as you said, who knows, that could be your next step. Jacqueline Butler, thanks so much for sharing everything with us. Really great to have you on the podcast. And I will be connecting with you absolutely on Instagram very soon. So be well. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks for being with me. I'm Crystal Laurie. More bucket list careers coming your way on Thursday. In the meantime, be well. An ironic media production. Visit us at I-R-O-N-I-C-K media.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Our house is a mess. Come on in. I'm Amber Wallen, internet comedian, plant queen, and host of your new favorite podcast, Fly on the Wild. Okay, that's pretty presumptuous to assume that this is going to be their favorite podcast, by the way. Like, come on, Amber. Anyway, that wasp that you just heard interrupt me is my husband. And co-host, Benjamin Wallen, also a comedian, and I host people at our home. I have a great wine collection in my cellar. Well, you it's mean cellar. the mini fridge. It's a mini fridge. It's a mini yeah. fridge. New episodes of Fly on the Wallen drop every Wednesday. Listen in as we discuss relationships, books, and keeping our sweet baby kid alive while we make laughs on the internet. Subscribe to Fly on the Wallen wherever you get your podcast. Yes.